what's going on everybody it's another episode of the factory tour uh we're recording a, a little bit later this week one day later than our usual slot because poor ben over here he he got a little sick on the day of normally record on tuesdays it's going to be halloween but we're back here it's wednesday night we're still got a, a show for you that is loosely halloween themed and we are not going to pivot off of that i already made the thumbnail i already named the segments so we're just going to pretend like this is halloween part two um take your christmas decorations down turn off the the christmas music because it's still spooky season here ben how are you feeling today i have a lovely cup of earl gray tea with some milk and honey next to me and i'm ready to go i'm I'm, I, my sincerest apologies on the delay yesterday. Oh, um, no. I'm glad that we can be so honest with the people about about the circumstances, but I'm ready for a good show for sure. Apologies are unnecessary. You are a gentleman for coming on this show as often as you're asked to, and um, and I couldn't imagine replacing you and uh, and bringing on some other guests. So we need you here. You are here. You're putting in the work. Your body may be weak, but your mind is strong. And uh, we need your you need your best your best work. So, look, we're going to talk about some breakouts because in the mo in the recent weeks we've had some uh, some breakout players, mostly rookies. Talk about one non rookie as well. Um, just kind of seeing where the dust settles. Like, how high can these guys move up in our rankings realistically? You know, what should we be doing with them? Um, and then we're going to turn our attention to some of the scariest assets to own in Dynasty. Maybe might want to keep a blanket nearby or something in case you need to cover your eyes because um, these players can be kind of scary. And then maybe a little uh, zombie-themed segment as well. We're going to take a couple players and ask, are they going to come back from the dead uh, or are they going to stay buried? Some guys that have maybe not lived up to expectations that are kind of falling uh, deeper and deeper down the, the Dynasty rankings. So should be a fun time. We're going to kick things right off with the breakouts. Uh, starting with the most shocking to me was the Will Levis game uh, this past weekend. So I was not a Will Levis guy at all. I mean, I don't really know how to scout quarterbacks, to be honest with you, but everybody that I listened to was like, this guy's not it. Um, he fell to the second round in the NFL draft, and that was like pretty much enough for me. I did not get him in any rookie drafts. Just one of those guys that was just never really in a range that I wanted to click on. Um, so I don't have it. I didn't have any shares. And now I'm kind of reeling because he plays his first game. He throws four touchdowns. He, he really looks great. What, what are your thoughts on Will Levis, Ben? Like, were you interested in him at all, you know, heading into the season? And where are you at on him now? I was interested in Levis pretty much all off season. Like you can go back and look at me and Drew, like our, our first episode together, I think was uh, Levis versus Richardson comparison. Um, and I, I've, I've never been like as low on Levis as some people have been. I did have him in like a same, the same tier as Hendon Hooker behind the top three um, in my first pre-draft uh, QB rankings. But eventually I separated the two because I do think that the tools that he has and just put on display last week are notable enough that he does have, you know, a tangible ceiling in Dynasty. Um, and then he literally lit... Falcons on fire last weekend. It was pretty insane. Um, I'm sure you have seen all over Twitter, but some of the throws he made are throws that like three to four guys in the entire league can make. Um, we're talking like across the field, across his body on a 50 yard post, and it's a perfect dot right over the shoulder and stride in the end zone. It's just, it's next level stuff. So 
I don't know. He looked he looked the part of what most people thought he wasn't going to be. Um, he proved all of the if he can he can throw this in underwear, but he can't throw it in pads kind of vibe like that. That that just proved to be totally incorrect. And honestly, it definitely brought a smile to my face because there were a lot of people who were really low on him for kind of no reason this offseason. So. Well, I was maybe one of those people. Um, look, his his college stats are definitely not impressive, um, but that doesn't always tell the whole story. And we've seen plenty of quarterbacks coming to the NFL that were not expected to succeed that did succeed. Like it's just not anything like scouting wide receivers or running backs. It's just it's so unique. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just all the mental aspects that go into playing the position. But we just tend to be wrong more often than we're right when it comes to quarterback prospects. So I, I wasn't into him, but I'm also very willing to change my tune very quickly. Um, I'm kind of willing to be like, maybe we were totally wrong about him, you know, after one game um, and be pretty aggressive about kind of placing him into the rankings. So he was a like late first, early second round pick generally in rookie drafts. I think it's pretty safe to say that he's worth more than like a late first at this point. Um, is this somebody you would want to go out and try to acquire right now? Or are you going to just like let other people deal with it? I'm probably not offering, like I have him valued, just like you said, probably around like a mid first to like a late first, as far as 2024 picks goes. When you look at the 2024 class, the quarterbacks who are projected to go in that range are guys like Michael Penix and Bo Nix and like JJ McCarthy. And none of those guys really excite me more than Levis, honestly, especially having seen Levis do it at the NFL level. So I'd probably, I'd probably roll with him over most of those guys. So I'm probably not sending that out, but if another week passes and he looks good again, I'd, I'd, I'd feel fine sending out a mid first one. Gotcha. See, that's the tricky part for me is like, if he does this again, I'm not sure the mid first gets you there. Like, yeah. I think, I think because I think people are going to be quick to adjust to this um, with rookie quarterbacks. There's just such a thirst for quality quarterback play in super flex leagues. Like most of the quarterbacks in the NFL suck. Uh, Kirk cousins just got hurt. You know, like they're playing on prime time this week too. Oh yeah, the Titans are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's perfectly like, like it's very possible that he looks bad this week. They play the Steelers, like T.J. Watt. Um, he could struggle, and and maybe that opens up a buy window. I don't think that he's going to be very attainable in most spots if he has another great game. And the upside that is there, like if he does have a strong end of the season. He, he could be worth multiple firsts. I mean, he's not necessarily Anthony Richardson, but he is mobile and he has the tools. Like you said, he made those incredible throws. So I don't know. I'm very torn. I'm going to send out some offers, I think, this week and try to see if I can snag him for like a late first plus. But I would always err on the side of trying to send players rather than picks. You know, maybe the That's better question is, to say too, yeah. is where does he fit into the quarterback landscape? Like, are there any specific quarterbacks that you could try to pivot into him like you know what would you add to a sam howell to get will levis something like that I'd probably feel comfortable adding like a mid second to howell if not like an early second maybe even to tear up to levis i think that howell has looked bad enough that you should want to move off of him but produced well enough that you should be able to get some sort of substantial value back for him his like you tweeted the other day that his is he's like the QB eight or something like that with like mm -hmm. almost no rushing production and 
he's also looked bad doing it. Like he has not been, he's the most sacked quarterback in the league. He's holding onto the ball too long. He's yeah. turning the ball over. So I definitely feel comfortable tearing up or even like tearing down. If you have like a Deshaun Watson kind of guy, or if you could maybe flip like a golf with a small plus for a Levis, I'd be happy mm. to do that as well. I think those are all good options. I already tried in every league where I have Deshaun Watson to trade down into Will Levis and I was denied in all spots, Damn. but that doesn't necessarily mean that, I mean, I might've been asking for too big of a plus or, you know, some le like there's just a lot of dynasty managers that are just like, I don't want Deshaun Watson. Like it's like it's your results may vary, um, yeah. but I haven't had success with that type of a trade, but yeah, I think Goff, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to imagine that he's like already ahead of him, but I mean, Goff's production is just, it's fine, but it's like kind of replaceable. You know, you could go buy Baker Mayfield for half the price and get 95% of the production at this point. Um, I think you swing for the fences with somebody like Levis who g could actually rise in value. Whereas Goff is just going to be kind of stagnant where he is. He's not getting better. He's not getting gain more job security. He's just kind of is what he is. Um, so I, I think that's also reasonable, but I want some exposure to a guy like this where there's a lot of rocket ship potential, right? Like he's not necessarily Justin Herbert. He didn't go top five, but people didn't like Justin Herbert uh, as a prospect. There were a lot of people that just let him fall. Like I remember him going like 109, 110 rookie drafts and I wasn't taking him. I wasn't a very serious dynasty analyst then. And I was kind of just following the group think on that one. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy's literally the QB one in dynasty for a stretch of time. So it could happen with Levis, not necessarily QB one overall, but a lot of potential for, for value gains there. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in looking into it, trying to send out some offers and he's probably going to start next year. Like, unless he's egregiously bad for the rest of the season, like if he shows anything, I don't really see how they're going to just not roll with him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I will note that he was playing with a pretty like remarkably clean pocket last Sunday. I like when you look at the tape, he pretty much has all day to throw and he's able to shoulder fake and stuff like that in the pocket. And I don't know how long that's going to continue for, but we're not buying him expecting four touchdowns a game. We're buying him just because we saw what could be. And it's a pretty solid investment, like you said. Absolutely. So we're, you know, we're fitting Will Levis in there somewhere in the zone above Goff, um, above Howell, obviously, uh, above quarterbacks. Well, I guess. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks. Would you rather have Justin Fields or Will Levis right now in Dynasty? That's still Justin Fields for me, but it's definitely like closer than I would have ever thought it would be at any point this year. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty close for me as well. Um gun to my head, I think I'll still take Fields, but it's it's really, really close, honestly. All right. Our next guy is is a little bit less murky, uh, pretty cut and dry for me. It's Jameer Gibbs. He finally did the thing uh, that we wanted Jameer Gibbs to do, which is look absolutely freaking amazing at football uh, and do it on prime time. Um, just, I mean, this guy, he's, he is as advertised. Uh, he's electric. I mean, he's so fast. He can do it on the ground. He can do it through the air. I mean, what do you, what do you have to say about Jameer Gibbs? I'm literally a Raiders fan and I had the best time of my life watching Jameer Gibbs tear us to shreds. Like it was awesome. I couldn't stop smiling. I was on Twitter the whole game tweeting about how the Jameer victory laps are never going to stop and how 
how up how up I feel, even watching like the most embarrassing loss of my teams. Mm. I guess really not that not to go that far back to find a worse loss than that. But I digress. He looked absolutely insane. Like you said, he was as advertised. The speed, the explosiveness, the slipperiness at the line of scrimmage, um, especially on that touchdown run, you can see the hole that he bounced through like almost wasn't there before he jumped through it. And he like predicted that it was going to develop, jumped through it, made another insanely quick jump cut, and then just exploded to the end zone. And we just saw stuff like that all night. He looked great as a pass catcher still. Obviously, he's a very natural receiver, and that's an aspect that we genuinely love about his game. And toting that kind of workload, I think he had over 30 touches and what was it, like 180 scrimmage yards? That was the knock on him that everybody's had, that his own team has had. And then he went out and absolutely put on a show against a defense that honestly isn't that bad. Like the Raiders have been performing middle of the pack this year. Patrick Graham has done a good job. The linebackers are overperforming. The defensive line is solid. And he made them look like absolute fools it was it was sick it was awesome yeah and if you're if your faith at all was wavering on jameer gibbs i mean this is what you need to see he is a locked and loaded top five dynasty running back i would argue uh pretty strongly for him as the dynasty rb3 right now and look it's it's not gonna be like this when david montgomery comes back like it's not going to be this type of insanity he's not going to get 30 touches a game um, frankly, he wouldn't get that even if David Montgomery was out for the season. It was just like a really wonky game script. But you can see the the shades of Christian McCaffrey there that we were seeing, you know, with his prospect profile. Um, he can do this kind of stuff. If it's it was a long time ago to remember Christian McCaffrey's rookie season, but he played with Jonathan Stewart and he really didn't get that many carries that year. Alvin Kamara didn't get that many carries as a rookie. Like what Gibbs is doing right now, even even excluding this past game, but obviously it's a nice cherry on top, um, is perfectly in line with what those guys did as rookies. He wasn't as efficient in the receiving game for the first few weeks, but he's really ramping up now. He's making the big plays that we expected. Um, it's absolutely wheels up for him, even if you know David Montgomery comes back and, and kind of slows things down for the rest of the year. Even if David Montgomery comes back next season, I'm not going to have any issue projecting Gibbs to be a fantasy RB one because his target share is just high enough to support him. Even if he's only getting like 10 or 12 carries a game. The other thing about Gibbs that seems kind of anecdotal, but like you said, comparing him to McCaffrey and Kamara, those guys are both in their sixth season in the NFL and they're still producing as the top two running backs in PPR leagues. They're there. They've sustained their production. And in part of that is because they weren't getting such an insane workload their rookie year or their second year. I guess McCaffrey did get a pretty insane workload his second year. But there's a reason why teams aren't totally running their running backs into the ground anymore. It's because you want to stretch their dominance out over as long a period of time as you can. So I honestly don't even have a problem with Gibbs regressing back to like the 20 touch range per game going forward once Montgomery returns. And the fact of the matter is David Montgomery's under a three-year contract. He will be back next year and he'll probably be back the year after that. The Lions love him. They love guys like him. And he will get touches. He will get touchdowns. And that's just a part of that's just a part of it. But that's not Jameer Gibbs is not the only elite dynasty running back to also deal with some kind of vulture in his backfield. Kamara had Taysom Hill during his whole run as like one of the top dynasty running backs. 
McCaffrey, and Mark like you said, and Mark Ingram. And McCaffrey's had guys like Jonathan Stewart and Elijah Mitchell and stuff like that throughout his career. So Jameer Gibbs is a top three dynasty running back. Don't overthink it. Allow yourself to have fun and just come hop on the wave. It's 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 a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. I think it's going to continue to be a good time. Um, there's really no advice in terms of like trading for Jameer Gibbs. Like you're really not going to be able to. Um, just do it if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can, then then try. But like the time to buy him was when he was struggling. Um, at this point, you know, you just want to enjoy what you have. Um, but don't don't sell him. Don't sell high. You know, off of this performance. Like this isn't that kind of a moment. This is like we're seeing what we needed to see. So that's really all that needs to be said. Just kind of a, a celebration of Jameer Gibbs there unrelated, yes. but in that Raiders game, oh my gosh, I went to, I wasn't watching most of it. Like, and I went to bed at like halftime, but I went Good. back and I saw those two missed touchdowns to Devonte Adams. And I was so triggered. I mean, Dude, I was, I've been crying pretty much since Sunday night. I like have not stopped I until just, I saw the news this morning. I, I just, the news that uh that jimmy garoppolo is is being banished to the shadow realm and that mcdaniels and ziegler are banished oh to the yeah and it's mcdaniels just, is fired yeah this was my christmas morning paul <laughs> they're burning it all down yeah. uh yeah i'm not, getting, I'm not getting another one this was it <laughs> josh mcdaniels is fired jimmy garoppolo is benched uh yeah. aiden o'connell is the starter hopefully Back that to leads stars, to though. more production for Devonte adams because yeah. man i absolutely drew the short straws on the aging elite wide receivers this offseason like i have Devonte adams in cooper cup in so many yeah, leagues yeah. and i have so much less stefan diggs and tyree kill and they were all going i mean hill was a little higher but they were all going in like the same range of startups and that's just how it fell to me so um a little bit tilted about that yeah no i but, feel that i have i have cup in a league in a startup that happened this offseason and i'm a contender in that league and i took him one spot before tyree kill and i was literally like debating my in my head the whole for like the entire draft clock like who i was going to take and that hurts yeah tilted hurts. is an understatement for sure yeah all right our next breakout is not a rookie uh it is trey mcbride who just had like a 30 point game this past week kind of just doing the thing that tight ends do sometimes where they just get like a million receptions. The thing that TJ Hawkinson does every week to get, get like 10 receptions for like seven yards a catch or whatever, and just rack up PPR points. Um, but it was really good to see for him. He was obviously a highly tied prospect. Didn't do anything as a rookie. He's been coming on a little bit this year, more so now that Ertz is on IR. Um, what do you think about this McBride breakout? Like he's had some decent games this year already. This was really the first one that like really made you pay attention though. Um, do you think this is the kind of thing that could continue? Not like to this degree, but just in general. I kind of do think so. I mean, he doesn't have the worst prospect profile. He had uh, round two draft capital, I believe, and he was a solid college prospect. Um, and obviously the opportunities there with Ertz heading to IR and Kyler hopefully coming back this or next week would be huge. He can start developing some rapport with him right away. Um, but I don't know. I, I sort of am hesitant to like send out like a late first for him right now. If I could acquire him for like an early second, I'd be happy to do that. But it's tough to go off such a small sample size and, and buy in um, after just one game. But that's how you miss out on guys too. So maybe I'm wrong there. I, I don't know. I, I, if I was really down bad for like a young tight end on one of my teams, I'd feel fine sending a late first for him, honestly. 
Okay, a late first. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite there with him. Like a late first range, um, definitely would send like an early two. I'm not sure if that gets it done, but if not, I would rather buy like Michael Mayer or something. Um, I feel like I feel like a first is is maybe a reach, um, but I do think that he's going to continue to score some fantasy points. Josh Dobbs is out of the picture now, so we'll see. But I know Kyler Murray has liked his tight ends, so. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to keep getting targets. He's not going to be. There's like different kinds of tight ends where it's like some of them are kind of they're productive, but it's like in a fraudulent way. Like Trey McBride is he's getting all these short targets. It's kind of like TJ Hawkinson. It's like Hawkinson is just in this perfect position to to produce. And it's not like he's an elite volume earner. He's not like an elite athlete. It's not like this explosive player. It's just he's the guy that's there. You know, like not necessarily a check down, but kind of in that same kind of range. But it doesn't matter. Like they just the fantasy points count the same. So whether, you know, I think Kyle Pitts is like an insanely talented elite player or not, somebody like Trey McBride is just going to rack up fantasy points doing what he does. So I don't know if it really matters, but the fact that he's kind of just a compiler does. I don't know, shy me away from investing like heavy capital in him. I definitely get that. I think that there's maybe some ceiling there with him, but obviously not to the degree of the actual elite tight end prospects that we're usually chasing after. So I don't know. I've said this off season that we were in need of an injection of some like mid tier tight ends. And I think McBride is kind of just another one of those guys, like you said, probably in the same tiers, like a Michael Mayer for me as like a Luke Musgrave, maybe a yeah. Evan Ingram. I have kind of around those guys is like an older version that is producing right now, but I'd probably send about the same for him, probably a little bit less. Um, I think Dallas Goddard is kind of slowly regressing to that tier as well. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. The tight end eight to like 16 range has been like an absolute desert for the last three, four, five years. So I, I think it's fine to add a couple mid guys in there and, you know, you can, you can start those guys. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. He does have a 99th percentile college dominator and uh, he Whoa. has an eight and he has an 85th percentile speed score. So it's not like he's, you know, yeah. a nothing and nothing athlete. So, I mean, there's some stuff to be excited about. doesn't have a lot of burst, but. Um, yeah. And there's yeah, opportunity I mean, in that Arizona thing. offense for sure, especially with Kyler coming back. Hopefully they can, you know, they're not going to be an elite offense at any point this year, but if they start putting up more points on the board, McBride's going to find himself in the end zone more than enough. So, yeah. And, and you also have to think ahead, like they're not going to keep Zach Ertz indefinitely. Like the dude is just completely washed. He can't stay healthy either. Um, and what incentive do they have to like invest something else in the tight end position? Like nothing. They, their second round pick last year is now looking like a hit. Like he's going to run more routes. He's already had like a crazy targets per out run. That'll probably come down as he gets a full-time role, but he's still going to probably get plenty of volume. So he's probably pretty stable. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's like a top three tight end over the course of a year, but he could definitely have some kind of Zach Ertz esque seasons. I I don't think that that's out of the picture at all. Um, You know who I really miss though is Greg Dulcich. Dude, I it makes me so sad. Dulcich season so much. Like I just he's wish actually, he's genuinely my most owned tight end in Dynasty. Yeah, it's and really sad. We're just like suffering in silence. We're so down bad, but eventually yeah. he'll be back. Eventually he'll be back. He, he can't just indefinitely suffer hamstring injuries. He he's gonna do some things on the field someday. The peripherals will manifest themselves eventually. It's okay. 
yeah, that's what I've been telling myself about Kyle Pitts for years now, but it's fine. Um, it's fine. We're not wrong about it. Though. That's the thing. <laughs> can't, can't be wrong until he retires. So exactly. we're, uh, we are, uh, we're just talking about upside. It's always been theoretical. So if it never happens, we were never wrong. It just, we just got unlucky. Never wrong. Just unlucky. Hey, the process was right. Yes. The process was right. That's what we can tell ourselves. Yes. Um, all right, so we need to keep this actionable, and I feel like it was a little bit all over the place. You said you could possibly send up to late first in a tight end premium situation, yeah. kind of have him in a tier with Musgrave, Mayer, uh, Ingram. I think that makes sense. I feel about the same, but I think I'm just a little bit lower on that tier in general. Um, I could see myself sending like maybe a late first worth of value, but I definitely couldn't see myself sending any physical, actual first-round pick. Um, yeah for Trey McBride. So that's kind of where I'm at. If I see another couple games, maybe I'll change my tune, but I think he's going to be more of like a, like I said, a compiler type of guy. Um, imagine like if Cole Komet was good, like he could be like that. Um, kind of. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, all right. One more guy, one more breakout. His big breakout was really two weeks ago, but I haven't talked about him much on the show. Jordan Addison, uh, just kind of, I don't know just comes right in and immediately is, is like fine um, as a rookie right away, which is kind of what we expected from him. Like he was definitely pro ready um, and he was going into a, a solid situation in Minnesota. <clears throat> uh, and then Justin Jefferson goes down with an injury and, you know, he's expected to kind of be the guy and he, and he has delivered on that for the most part. He had that huge game against San Francisco. The peripherals for him have not been incredible. You know, you're in a passing offense that's like second in attempts per game. You're you're going to look pretty good. Um, but he hasn't actually been like dominant volume earner. Like he's not Puka Nakua. You know, you put, if you put him next to Puka Nakua, uh, all the stats are just absolutely dwarfed in terms of earning volume. He's at 19% targets per run for the season, 16% target share. Um, but if you look at the mo more recent sample as he's kind of taken over a larger role um, that has risen. He's at a 20% target share over the last four weeks. So, I mean, in terms of as a rookie, uh, doing very impressive things, obviously uh, finding the end zone a lot, which certainly helps the, the fantasy production. It helps your perception in the dynasty market. But where do you think Addison fits in? First of all, into this rookie class. Let's start there because that's interesting. Um, in terms of all the wide receivers in this class, where would you rank him? right now pre-draft or pre-season i was sort of lined up with what seems to be kind of like the dff consensus which was that addison would probably be the rookie wide receiver one after this year just based on situation and draft capital and stuff like that compared to the the other guys in his tier which was pretty much just all the first round guys um before the season started obviously puka is the rookie wide receiver one i don't think i need to harp on that too much. I think that your last couple of guests have done an excellent job painting the picture of Puka as arguably the dynasty wide receiver three, which is a take that I could totally see myself getting behind. Um, Puka might be genuinely the best target earner in the NFL right now, as at least he has this season. Um, I think that that's not like, not a crazy, a crazy thing to say. So I'd put Puka as my wide receiver one. I would probably have Addison at two, as far as like what I'd trade for them today. Um, and like Zay at three, JSN at four, most likely. Um, you have those will, three guys pretty close together. 
Yes, definitely. Those those second three are pretty much in one tier. I think I have them. I have Addison as like my wide receiver sixteen, and JSN is like my wide receiver eighteen, and Zay is my fourteen or something like that. Like they're all pretty much in a row. Um, and then Puka's up in like the three to eight range. Um, as far as Addison goes, and like what I'm doing with him though, I have sold him. Um, I had I had a, I had a solid exposure um, before the breakout games, and then I got a couple nice offers that came in. I sold him and uh, Anthony Richardson for a Josh Allen share, which I haven't. I don't have, and oh, it was nice. on a contender, so it was just it was like perfect. Um, Love it. I think that he's at a spot very similar to the Waddle Higgins, Devonte Smith that we've seen over the last two seasons before this year, where I feel like if you had sold Devonte Smith last year, or if you had sold Jalen Waddle last year at like their wide receiver, six wide receiver, five value, you'd be pretty happy with the return you got today, depending on what you got, obviously. But at that cost, I think that that was the right move. So that's what I've been trying to do now here with, with Addison. I think did that's my camera just shut off. It, it, it did. I, um, I think that's a sharp call. I love the idea of using Addison in like an upgrade situation like you did for um for josh allen i traded him in one of my leagues where i'm kind of trying to push for a buy um i traded him and a second for uh, him and a second and something else i think small for travis kelsey in a third um I love because i was rolling out goddard every week and like it was fine um but i was i was trying to make some kind of move that would push me over the top um, and I, and I think that could do the trick with Addison. It's like one of those things, you know, like, uh, Devonta Smith or T Higgins or whatever. I don't think that he's ever going to be like a league winner. He's just, he's what he is, is a guy we know is good at football. Who's going to be around for a long time and probably provide a lot of high end wide receiver two type of seasons. Um, and that's fine. Like, that's a great thing to have on your team, but it's also the perfect kind of asset to use when you're trying to get something that can actually win you the league like yeah. you should be willing to give up those future seasons because it's the kind of thing that you can either piece together if you have to like you could go buy keenan allen for a second this off season or you could go buy like hollywood brown or whatever every single season it feels like you can just buy him for you know less than he's worth um and you can just piece that together so it's kind of like a luxury asset at that point like once addison's dynasty value creeps into the top three rounds of startups he's just kind of a luxury pick at that point and um, something that's fun to have, but not something you necessarily need to have yeah, exactly. on your team. And, and I feel kind of like you do him and Zay flowers are super close. And then JSN is really hard for me because I obviously had him high pre-draft like most people did. And, um, and he just hasn't done any, like hardly anything. Like even the last couple of games, his peripherals aren't even that good. Yeah. Um, He's only so, slightly really like been disappointing my expectations though. I really like, I wasn't expecting much from him. This year, like as long as Lockett and Metcalf are both there, I don't think but, that his role is ever going to be big enough. But but I, it's not a it's not a routes thing for me though. But like, didn't you think that he would be better? Like, didn't you think his targets per route run and his yards per route run would be like impressive? Like that he he would get yeah, limited opportunity. I mean, yeah. But but like they're not even they're not even good. Like forget impressive. Yeah. Like they're literally not even good. That's the thing. Yeah. He's getting limited routes. Sure, I expected that, but I thought he was going to pop. Like I thought he was gonna be like, oh man, like we got to get this guy on the field more. Not, mm -hmm. he's just bad. I don't know, but he, yeah. he's been better the last couple of weeks after the bye week. I think mm -hmm. he'll ultimately be fine. He's one of those prospects where he's a good enough prospect. You got to give him um, a little time before yeah. you just abandon ship because there there is still upside there. But I would rather have 
Addison and Zay just by a hair. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, for me as well. But I do think that the Seattle passing offense as a whole has sort of regressed from where they were last year, and I'm hoping that improves over the rest of the season. I can't confidently say that it will, but I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line play, which just hasn't been as good. Their bookend tackles are great, but um, Abe Lucas has been banged up, and the interior is really not that great. So I think that I'm hoping that there's some there, there's a little bit of a turnaround for all of them. Yeah. I hope so. Um, that would be great. I have some locket as well, but yeah, for, for Addison, where would he fit in uh, with a couple other wide receivers? I just love to get your take here. Um, would you rather have Addison right now or T Higgins? I have them ranked back to back. I literally think I moved Addison above Higgins today, mm. but okay. I could flip tomorrow. I think that like, Right. The possibility of T being on another team next year is really what separates him because that sort of gives him like a more wide receiver one, like actual like difference maker on your team kind of ceiling. Whereas I don't think Addison has that ceiling. I think that his ceiling is what we're seeing right now. pretty much. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's like a super useful exercise to try to like nitpick between these guys because yeah. they're all super close. And honestly, the answer to which one you should want on your team is which one costs you the least to acquire. So there you um, go. it's going to depend on your league and, and which I, I think guarantee is key right you, now, honestly. it probably is. And I guarantee yeah. you, like if you go into eight different leagues, you'll see these, this tier of wide receivers, you know, in eight different orders in terms of like how they're valued amongst the managers that have them before the season, you know, Brandon Ayuk was way down at the bottom. Now he's like at the top of that group. It's just, it's a mess. It's just, they go, they get shuffled around every season. So I don't really try to play musical chairs with it, but, um, but it, but it can be fun to talk about. Yeah. So let's take let's jump ahead here. Then we're done with the breakouts. There are lots of fun. Um, what's not as fun is rostering some of these players that we're going to talk about. These are the scariest assets to own in Dynasty. Uh, they're scary for different reasons, for sure. But ultimately, we just want to talk a little bit about what to do if you have these players, um, and and I guess try to make our best guess of like what's going to happen with them. But um, I'm going to start because I, I think that I picked out the number one scariest asset to own a dynasty. When you think Absolutely. about why is, why would it be scary to own an asset? Well, it, you know, all dynasty assets have a certain amount of value. The last thing you want is for that asset to lose its value. An asset losing its value is, is honestly worse than it like not scoring points because even if an asset's not scoring points for you, like a Kyler Murray, he's on injured reserve. You still have the ability to trade them for something that can score points for you but when a player just loses their value they just tank to zero they're gone um that's it like you you can't do anything except just think about what could have been if you traded them a little bit sooner um and so for me that's deshaun watson he's a guy who's going in the first round of startups late first of startups this offseason he's already definitely taken a huge hit but you know he's he's still pretty valuable um I haven't looked at recent trades with him, but just my general feel across my leagues is, you know, people aren't just ready to part with him for nothing. So he still holds a decent amount of value, but it's value that's really hard to kind of realize because he's a very toxic asset right now for the health reasons, the off the field reasons. Um, it's a difficult asset to actually move. He's not a player you can put in your lineup. So it's just like, makes me queasy to look at any dynasty rosters where I have him because it's like, I'm holding such a large chunk of my team's value in this piece. That's like 
a ticking time bomb. Yeah. I try only had one share actually, and it was in one of our DFF leagues, um, one of the Devi, the DFF Devi leagues. And I jumped shipped, I jumped ship, I think two weeks ago it was now for what you can essentially think of as like two random 2026 firsts. Um, I was like, I'm scared. My team is underperforming. I don't have the ability to just like hold this guy scoring zero points on my bench and depreciating every week. So I'm just going to take whatever I'll get. Um, I felt like that was a pretty solid return, all things considered. Um, but there's really no guarantee those, especially in Debbie, those guys could literally amount to a zero sum if, if something goes wrong. There's a long time before I actually am able to tangibly move those assets as like real value. Um, but it's not as scary as rostering Deshaun Watson right now. I'll tell you that. Um, like you said, the, there's nothing scarier about an asset that you feel like is constantly depreciating in value. And while we were just chatting about this before we, we hopped on the show about how I do think that him not playing right now is probably the best thing for him. Because if he is going to come back and he is playing on a bum shoulder, it's just going to ruin everything. Like that would be an absolute disaster. If he comes back and he's playing with a bad shoulder and he is severely underperforming even more than he already was underperforming while healthy, mm. it would just be like curtains for him. Even with all that guaranteed money, there's just no way you could justify continuing to roll him out if he there's just there's just too much pressure on him to perform at the moment, I think. So I it's rat poison. I'm staying as far away. <laughs> I'm staying as far away from it as I can. I'm glad I got out yeah. and happy Halloween. Like you said, it's terrifying. Right. I don't think I have the, I don't think I have the stomach to go out and like try to acquire more of him, but I no do way. think at his current perception, I, I, he's almost untradeable for me. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't think that I could justify trading him away for like a single first, but I also, wouldn't buy him for a first so i don't i don't know maybe i would maybe i hate myself enough to do that i'm not sure but in a couple leagues where i have him like i've sent out offers and nothing that i think is fair has even been remotely entertained by the people i've sent it to and it's gonna vary by league but i he just he is such a toxic asset that i i don't think you even need to waste a lot of mental energy thinking about how to trade him because i don't know if it's even possible um for real for like reasonable prices like you could probably trade him for sam howell or something stupid like that but i don't i don't think that you should um i i would trade him like these are the situations where i would trade him away i would trade him away if you could get a top four first in this class but i don't think that you can i would trade him away for like two random firsts um like you did i wouldn't trade him away for two late firsts i don't think I would trade him away if there's a team in your league that like is horribly managed and you can tell that they're just going downhill fast. Like I would try to get like their 2025 first plus something, but at the same rate, those teams are the ones that are perpetually trying to compete this year and they're not going to buy Deshaun Watson because that doesn't help them compete. They're probably too so reactionary. It, there's just like, yeah, they're also going to be reactionary and not want to buy him. So yeah. I don't have a lot of good advice. I have him on a couple teams that are tanking and I'm just, I've been sitting on him and it works out cause he's not scoring any points and you know, hopefully he'll come back and, and rebound and have some good games, but it's rough out there. It's rough out there, man. I traded, uh, I ended up trading a pick that I think became 
Jameer Gibbs this offseason for Deshaun Watson, then that feels sad and that's heartbreaking, man. I can't even lie. Yeah, it, it it is it is pretty heartbreaking. Um anyway, anyway, scary to own him. Anyway. I wouldn't recommend yes. the experience zero out of ten rostering Deshaun Watson. Um don't don't try it at home, kids. Who's your first guy, Ben? I put down Justin Fields as my first guy, who I think is sort of like a hold, wait, and pray at this point. I think that Tyson Bagent being as aggressively mid as he was in his <laughs> two or three starts um, definitely was a good sign that Justin isn't like the main culprit of how bad the Chicago offense has looked as a whole this year over the past three years. It might it might not all be on him. I think that Luke Getzey is a total fraud, and I'm just – <laughs> waiting on the day that he's gone like it's, that's it's terrible that's a little bit of a that's some serious cope right there well you yeah, know the undrafted absolutely. free agent oh, quarterback wasn't good so clearly it's yes. the system the, un, the undrafted quarterback wasn't good so clearly, yeah pretty much exactly so yeah. this is why he is on the scary part to own list because right. the carolina panthers seem hell-bent on dropping caleb williams right in their lap the chicago bears don't seem to really have a problem with it they're kind of losing their way into those sweepstakes themselves. And I think that the vision of Caleb and Marvin both in Chicago is just totally overtaking that city right now. I don't know what that would look like. It would probably be cool, but the bears find a way to ruin pretty much anything. So I don't know. Like I, I, I loved Justin Fields as a prospect, but you just can't deny that. You can't deny how, pardon my, corniness here but you can't deny how scary he is to own right now i'm not like selling him i don't have any shares but i wouldn't be like selling him right now because i think that his market value right now is just too low compared to how big the ceiling is if he could ever reach what we thought his ceiling was but yeah. he's at he's the qb 13 and 49th overall asset on keep trade cut right now and then on fantasy calc which is probably a little bit less reactionary he's the qb 11 and the 28th overall asset. And that's, I don't know. Oh. It's, I think yeah. that's super fair. I would sell him I'd, at that I'd, price. I'd sell him at that price, but at that at the market value of, of keep trade cut, I, I I just can't justify that as far as, you know, as far as a reasonable return for what he could be if he actually is able to turn it around and they are actually set on adding Marvin to uh, Justin Fields that offense just, and seeing what that <laughs> might look like. Just so. to, to digress for a second, could you yeah. imagine... DJ Moore finally gets a real quarterback, Caleb Williams, and yeah. not 30 minutes later, <laughs> the, the Bears are on the clock again with the fourth pick in the draft, and they select Marvin Harrison Jr. That would that be would so be funny. The biggest troll in the ridiculous. world. Um, and I haven't rostered any DJ Moore in a hot second. That would be the smallest but... cell window in Dynasty football <laughs> yes, history. The world's smallest cell window. Listen to me right now. If the Bears draft Caleb Williams <laughs> and they have another pick, like three or four picks later, you now have 30 minutes Dude, to get more off dude, your dynasty teams. Like get you have on the phone. <laughs> you are literally working with the same clock as the NFL draft. Like you can watch the broadcast. There's yes. a clock on the screen. That's how long you have. Yes. As soon as you hear that chime, you know your time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That would oh, be that would be that would be pretty crazy. Um but just to like wrap up my, my stance on fields, he's looked solid. I don't think he even looked notably that good in the Redskins game or in the game before that, which I'm now blanking on who they played. Uh, when, Broncos. Yeah, the, the Broncos. Um, 
I don't think he looks like notably effective or like like elite in any way, but he looked much better than he had. And um, that gives me a very small spark of hope. But in general, I'm terrified and I'm not, I'm not, at, I'm not adding any shares. I'm scared. You should be terrified. I, I have one left. I have yeah, one share left and it's in an empire league that if I win the league this year, the league resets and we redraft. So I'm, I'm like really crossing my fingers that we, I just win the league this year. So I don't have to yeah. face the consequences of my own actions. Um, I still think just, he will sort of like regress to like some level of the production he had last year, even if he doesn't play better, sort yeah. of like how I was talking about with Howell earlier. Like he doesn't need to be, a better NFL quarterback and like keep his job to produce fantasy points for us. Cause he was that bad is last true, year and he but was I, running enough to make it. I work. think the reason that I'm like trying to get out from him or like hypothetically trying to get out from him where, I, where I would have him is I, I think that we know now that the ceiling isn't what we thought it was. Like, I, I think we can pretty comfortably close the book on him being like Lamar Jackson because he just isn't, good like he i don't think it i mean maybe he gets some miracle offensive coordinator and everything changes but i think that i've seen enough at this point to say this guy isn't good now i think it's perfectly possible that he's good enough to just hang around the nfl like jimmy garoppolo is still well not anymore but he was starting games for a while um you know daniel jones got a contract like i think he could totally be good enough to be that but i don't think even in that scenario that he's likely to be a top five quarterback regularly. Like, I think you just have to have some passing acumen. He wasn't going to keep up the rushing pace from last year. Like that, the re there was regression coming on that. Um, so I don't, even if you miss out quote unquote on fields and he doesn't, you know, get washed out of the league. I don't think that you're missing out on a perennial top five guy. I think you're missing out on like a perennial QB 10 QB 11 kind of guy. Um, yeah. and, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm yeah. okay with that. If you sell him for, anything remotely like you know top 30 dynasty asset prices so that's what i'd probably try to do and just get rid of that that pit in my stomach yeah yeah i'm aligned right. with you on that for sure if i could get that return i'm i'm, I'm, I'm getting out for sure yeah um all right very cool so oh here's a question would you would you rather have just would you still rather have justin fields than jordan addison uh no no, no, you'd rather, I'd have, rather Addison. have Jordan Addison. I think. Okay. I think I'd, I'd rather have Addison because I think that he's a more value valuable bargaining chip at this point. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's, Both of them I are kind of in the sell range to me. Close yeah. for me. All right, we're not we're not going to spend as what long on the you? rest of these guys because um, I like asking the hard questions. I don't like answering them. Um, I <laughs> would, curious. I would take Fields. I think I would take Fields, but yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel good about it. Um. I would just try to turn fields into something slightly sexier, but yeah. I don't know. I would take, I would definitely take Puka over fields. That's, that's easy oh, for me. But for sure. um, what about this next guy, DK Metcalf? Um, let's just go to, let's just go through your list and then we'll see if we have time for mine. Um, your guys are better. You took all the good ones after I got Watson <laughs> and uh, DK Metcalf kind of a, kind of a scary asset to own. Why don't you walk us yeah. through your thought process there? I sort of just like was thinking about my like how I've been updating my rankings as the season's gone on, and I've just noticed he's continuing to fall further and further down my list of wide receivers. Um, I just moved him below like the Pittman, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore sort of tier, and he's like kind of at the bottom of that group now. I think he's pretty close to like a Deontay Johnson at this point. Um, 
but he's like the wide receiver 29 this year in points per game. He's about to cross over the age or not cross over, but cross into the age apex. He's coming up on his 26th birthday, I believe in the next couple months. Um, and like I said earlier about JSN, the Seattle passing offense has sort of taken a step back. Um, they were really good last year and maybe they've sort of regressed back to what they should be. Um, especially as far as like Gino's performance, like he was literally like a top eight, like quarterback as far as, as far as like passing goes last year. Um, and this year he's probably closer to what he actually is. Um, and I think that, I think that Metcalf has suffered the most out of all of their pass catchers from that. And I think that his, like my optimism about his volume there is only going to get worse. And I just really like the ceiling that used to be there. I just don't really see it anymore. And I'm, I'm pretty concerned about him. Yeah. I mean, he, he has been bleeding value a little bit. Um, DK Metcalf's kind of like the, the guy who peaked in high school. Like he, <laughs> uh, I mean, he had that big second season and then uh, like, he's just been living off of like potential ever since uh, he's never really put it all together. Name recognition um, and like off season workout screenshots, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, looks good with his shirt, like definitely hits the gym a lot, but like oh yeah, you know, still, you know, still in his hometown. Like, I don't, you know. Um, no, I, I don't know. It's a very loose analogy. But the point is that DK Metcalf has had like one actually legitimate fantasy season, and then the rest has just been hype. And a lot of the hype I think was warranted. Like he had good peripheral numbers in some of those other years where things kind of bounced poorly for him or whatever. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that a guy that looks like that can't just catch 12 touchdowns every year. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I like coach coaching issue, I guess, but at this point it's getting crowded. It, it just doesn't look like it's really going to happen. Like, I don't know, maybe we get some kind of miracle fantasy league winning season when he's 29 and he's playing, like he's playing for Justin Herbert or something. I don't know. That could happen, but yeah. at, in the meantime, like like you said, Deontay Johnson, like he's a wide receiver too, who just looks cool. Like that's what yeah, he he just he is not actually a wide receiver one. He yeah. hasn't been a real wide receiver one in a while. Yeah. Um, so if you're rostering him, I, I think he's a guy you can probably still get out on because he just carries a lot of brand equity in leagues. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what you can get exactly, but like if you could get into a, I don't know. A, a I think you could pretty easily flip him into like a Marquise Brown, and I'd do that if I could. Well, I mean, I wouldn't do that straight up, but I would do it for a plus. Like I would like a small would, plus. I'd be fine doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to handle him. You know, if you look at the range that he's kind of in, there's not even a lot of guys that I would just want straight up. Like it's kind of a lot of players that are sort of teetering you know he's in that yeah. justin fields kind of zone he's in that mm -hmm. like Devonte adams zone who i think yeah. is also kind of a scary player right now just because of the situation that he's in um mm -hmm. at his age um you know austin eckler like there's a lot of like guys that are sort of on the brink of something and it could the something could be disaster here's a question would you trade dk metcalf today for will levis Ooh, whoa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I would, man. I actually think I would. All right. That's crazy. Well, there's to think something, about, but there's yeah, something that could actually happen. You could do that. You could, you if could you're in trade. a league with Ben, I don't have any DK Metcalf and stuff. I but, haven't rostered DK Metcalf in, yeah. in years. Yeah. 
That's the but, thing is like I, I used to be a big like DK Dynasty Wide Receiver Two guy when I was first getting into this stuff, and you know, it's 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 a bit of gut analytics other than the good peripherals that we've seen here and there and the one good season. But like you said, I just like it's not happening right now, and I just don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to. So yeah, rather take yeah, a guy like Deontay who's getting targets and getting catches. For what it's worth, I would also take uh, I would also take Levis. So. Okay. Crazy how the world works, huh? Good to know. Yeah. This no, is it's a well. very, life very comes at you game. fast. It is. In Dynasty, life really just comes at you so fast. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. But it also, it's it's so weird how like things can come at you so fast, but then DK Metcalf can have one good season four years ago and like barely lose Dynasty value. Like I don't I don't it's weird. Like once you do something once, there's a lot of staying power with that. Um, it depends on the thing, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, Jamison Williams is your next guy. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with you that he's a scary guy to have. I, well, actually, so I will push back to a, to a degree because he's already lost, like, most of his dynasty <laughs> value. So it's like, I don't know. Like, at this point, you've already, like, ridden yeah. the roller coaster most yeah. of the way down the hill at this point. Like, if you've held on this long, you're clearly braver than most. Um so I don't know how much scarier it can really get because he's already kind of valued at the point where if he became nothing, you'd be fine. Yeah. Um, which is my, that's my only pushback. No, but, I, I can, I can get behind that. But sure. I totally get the crux of like the general argument. So let's still, I yeah. still want to talk about him. Um, where, what are you thinking with Jamison Williams? So I'm a proud, not a proud, I'm a very unfortunate JMO bag holder. <laughs> I sort of stumbled into like 58% roster ship this off season, which is disgusting, but it was literally like, it was genuinely on accident. It was like, I think two or three orphans. And then like one like weird startup that we did where we like auto picked the entire startup and then everybody got randomly assigned a team. It was a cool league. Um, that's with Reese actually in DFF. It was his idea. It's a, like a low buy-in kind of deal, but it's it's been a fun experiment. Um, anyways, um, I think that what we've seen from Jamo from from Jamo so far in his three games of action is that the route running looks fine, the speed looks elite. That's what it was always going to be. He literally just doesn't know how to catch a football. Like there's just like, there's no other way to put it. He like, even the touchdown that he caught, he probably could have tracked that better. Cause he went like this way and then this way, like twice. And it's just like the, me the mechanics look like they're a total mess. Like he does not look well coached. He does not look refined in any way. He looks like a college prospect still. And we just don't have time for that at this point. Like there's, there's, we can't like develop him for three years. Like he, he's, a, he's entering, he's about to enter his, He's, he's in the middle of his second season and he hasn't produced anything and he doesn't look like he's going to produce anything for the rest of the year. And I'm just really sad. And like you said, it's hard to be scared anymore. Cause like I knew what I was getting myself into and I felt the fear. And now I'm just like left with this like despair. Empty feeling inside. This, yeah. yeah. Just like a void of, I don't know. It's, it, it's just been like, it's been, a, it's been a tough watch. The drop yeah. he had on Monday against the Raiders. I don't know if you saw that. It was on like a like a motion and then a ten yard out. And he yeah. literally like he literally had it right here and then just like it just bounced off his chest. It was like the most simple like routes on air catch ever. And he just he just doesn't have it, man. He like brutal. 
I don't even know what to say at this point. The route running is good too. Like he does, he has great stop start ability and he's able to create separation. He gets open and yeah. he's been earning targets to a degree relative to his snap share. He just doesn't catch them. <laughs> so. Well, definitely more of a, uh, a trick than a treat uh, with Jamison Williams. Absolutely. I mean, hands are one of those things that's like pretty fixable. Um, you know, maybe eventually there's something there, but I think the the trick with him or the move with him is try to turn him into something that's scoring points for you because I, I don't think you're going to miss out. Like, look at this offense now. Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, and Jameer Gibbs are all top five assets at their position in Dynasty. Where's even the room for Jamison Williams to have a sizable role? Like, even if he does turn out to be a quality player, I mean, what are you really going to miss out on? Like, he, I don't think he's going to usurp any of those guys. So you're you're looking at like fourth in the pecking order in this offense. Like, I, it, there's just, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze at this point with Jamison yeah. Williams. So just just bail. Like, if you could turn him yeah. into Rash, if you could turn him into Rasheed Rice right now, like that would be like an absolute miracle. I would just yeah, probably do that. Smash too. that. I would trade yeah, him for Josh sure. Downs. I would trade him for Tank oh, Dell. Oh, yeah. I I literally don't care. Like, just get him yeah. out. No, it's it's really rough. Like you said, the the like best case scenario is that he becomes like the most efficient player in the entire NFL and averages like <laughs> forty yards a catch and just catches like two deep shots a game or something. Well, then it'll just be Rashid Shahid, and you don't even want to start him. No, so. he's yeah, he's like a, he's like a Rashid Shahid, like Martavis Bryant, yeah. like Darius Hayward Bay. That's that's what we have here, yeah. and it's yeah, it's... unfortunate, unfortunate. Um, all right, we're gonna close out this segment with. The Green Bay Packers, as yeah, a whole. all of them, dude. Yeah, all of them. Um, all of them. All of them. Well, I like Luke Musgrave. I'll take Luke yeah. Musgrave. Yeah, I'm not yeah. scared. I'm not scared. But uh, the rest of them, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all they're all pretty scary. I mean, rostering Romeo Dobbs is scary because he's not good at football. Um, roster. <laughs> you know, I like Romeo Dobbs too. Factory tour strayer. <laughs> That's why you said that. Uh, That's why there it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll add it to uh, my list. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean the real problem here is is Jordan Love. Obviously, he is. Oh um, yeah, For he sure. is the definition of not it. Um, he's he ran hot on touchdowns for a few weeks, and all the haters and the losers were like, "Look, Jordan Love, he's the next Hall of Fame quarterback for the Green Bay Packers." And um, uh, newsflash, he is not. Uh, he's been near no. the top of the league in turnover worthy worthy throw rate. His completion percentage over expectation has been absolute garbage. Um, he just lost the Broncos or like barely beat the Broncos. I don't know. Those are basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, it was not pretty they lost. and they, lost. they did lose. Okay. Yeah. So just, I mean, so did the chiefs. So what, I mean, what, what do we really know? But Denver's weird. they're an enigma. It's bad. I mean, Jordan love yeah. has just been really bad. So it is scary. We don't know what the future of this franchise really is. They're not going to be in position to, to snag themselves a quality quarterback. They might just run it back with Jordan love and, as we've seen, that's not really going to produce the best results for these weapons. Yeah, I can't lie. You totally took me to school on this one. I think that like one of the first Factory Tour episodes ever, I think, was involved some Jordan Love hate, mm -hmm. which is now with the benefit of hindsight, absolutely warranted. And I remember watching that and thinking to myself, I had just traded for Jordan Love in one of my leagues. I was like, this guy's not right about him. No way. There's no shot. <laughs> um, the tape, I, I thought I saw flashes on the tape. I guess I was wrong totally whiffed on him i was i was much higher on him than you i don't i actually don't have any shares which is 
pretty sweet, even though I was kind of a, a defender for a bit there. But yeah, yeah, he just hasn't looked any bit of the part that that I thought he could be. I thought that he was going to be much more precise and much more accurate. And instead, he's been like airmailing half of his throws and throwing really dumb boneheaded picks that he just shouldn't be attempting. Um, yeah. I was expecting a like mature and like poised version of him to come out, but he looks like he is fresh out of Utah State. Like it literally yeah. looks like he didn't develop at all for those four years. So um, yeah. it, it looks like he learned how to do a nice play fake from Aaron Rodgers and he changed his release a little bit. So he kind of just like flicks it and mm. like his arm is cool or whatever, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on love. I'm out on Watson. I'm out on, I'm out on Aaron Jones, I guess, to a degree. And Dobbs obviously is falling into the void of nothingness. And yeah. Musgrave is pretty much all you can salvage from the Green Bay Packers offense, I'd say at this point. Yeah. I mean, hating on Jordan Love is a, is a time honored tradition on the factory tour, but um, I don't want a victory lap like too hard because. It's not like it's different it's over, than guys over, yeah. who come out. Well, guys come out and they're like, Jordan loves never like somebody like not specifically Jordan love, but just in general with player takes like player X is never going to make it in the NFL. Like they're, they don't have the juice. And like, that's, that's really not what I said. Like, I don't even like yeah. talking about players like that. For me, it was always a range of outcomes thing. I didn't think the price was efficient for what I thought his likely range of outcomes was. And if you made me, you know, pick a side, like what's going to happen, I would have said he'd be bad but it wouldn't have been, it would have been like a 60, 40 thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just where we're, where it's going right now. It, it, he doesn't look like he has it. I don't really see him as anything different than like a Desmond Ritter type. Um, you know, I, I think it could very easily, if they didn't have Sean Clifford as his backup and they had Taylor Heineke, like I could see them pulling the parachute and just going with the, the safe veteran. Um, but they're probably just going to let him play out the rest of the year. Cause they don't really have yeah. other things going on there. Um, and that's fine, but it's going to be a really gross offense. You're probably not going to want to start just about anybody in it. Yeah. Uh, Christian Watson for me would be the biggest hit, except that I ended up like shipping off a bunch of my shares. I only have him in like one league at this point and it's a best ball league. So I don't even really care that much. Um, so it's fine. It's fine for me, but it is scary to have those guys. I think Watson is probably not quite the player that I, I thought he could be coming yeah. into the season like yeah. i think he's still good but he's definitely more of like um not a role player that's not the right word but a guy Marquez who does certain, some things well whoa 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 that's ex that's a little ag aggressive um our marcus valdez scantling is like literally the worst wide receiver in the <laughs> nfl uh he's not that bad but he's a guy he, he has certain skills he's never going to be like an all-around elite <laughs> volume earner so yeah it's a little bit rough yeah. Um, his G mechanics at the catch point are yeah. such a mess. Like they're so bad. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, go ahead. That I that I wasn't super aware of, but um it's terrible. Yeah, but the volume earnings like not not too too terrible. Um definitely not a guy you'd be happy if you drafted him in the fourth round of a startup this offseason. I could definitely feel that. But pretty scary. I don't know what you do with these guys, to be honest with you. You know, you can sell Romeo Dobbs for a second, probably. I would do that. You can sell Jaden Reed for like a second or you could just hold him and hope things get better. He's still young. Um, he's going to hold value. Jordan love. I kind of like what we've seen from Reed actually to, to tack on to that really. Like, very yeah. Different. I mean, I he think looks, he looks cool. like he definitely looks yeah. fine. Um, yeah. 
not somebody I think is like a guaranteed, you know, future breakout star, but like yeah. he's done enough as a rookie to, to hold some value. He'll probably be Absolutely. worth a second for the whole off season. So you certainly don't need yeah. to sell him for a second now. Like you can still do that later if you want yeah. to um, love. I would take, I mean, if you can get it and if you can get any first for Jordan love at this point, if it's 2026 oh, yeah. first, take it, take it and run, you know, an early second would be fine with me. Hmm. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, even if you're like, oh, I need the points, I need a quarterback. Okay, his points, like you could just put like a wide receiver in the super flex, and you're probably going to be fine most weeks. Like, it's that's a yeah. little bit. I think that's that is something that's overrated in dynasty, where it's like, I need the points, like I need this guy. If you actually look at the replacement level, it's not worth holding on, um, you know, for what you could get. Like I, I'm in a league where I'm like fighting hard for a playoff spot. Um, I have Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and obviously Kyler's not back yet. We haven't seen him play at all. My only other quarterback is Jared Goff, who I've been starting all year. Somebody offered me a 2025 first for him, and I was like, cool, have him, take him. I don't care. Like, I, I don't, I'll figure it out. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to take the value. And, uh, and like, I have an offer out right now for Baker Mayfield. It'll probably get accepted for yeah. like a, a third of the price that I just, you know, sold golf for. And that's fine. Like it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be fine. Um, you could go buy Josh Dobbs. You could go buy, who's going to start for the Vikings the rest of the year. You could go buy Taylor Heineke for like a fourth round pick, go buy Gardner Minshew. Like you don't need to turn down a trade because you're trying to contend and you have Jordan love. Um, yeah. Add the value and, and figure out the rest later. Like you said. It, yeah. Exactly. Um, so those are some scary assets to own. I hope that we did not traumatize anybody. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little shell shocked, but we're going to close this thing out with, I, I guess like a pretty quick segment. We're just going to kind of ponder the question, whether these players are going to come back from the dead, return them, you know, return to fantasy prominence, um, or if they're going to kind of stay buried where they are, continue on a downward path. And we're going to start this thing out with Damian Pierce, who by week two of the NFL preseason, I was convinced was going to be an every down workhorse. Um, and now by week eight, he is splitting snaps with Devin Singletary. Uh, and I, I really, I can't really wrap my head around it, but that's the reality of the situation. So what does the future hold for Mr. Damian Pierce? To tell you the truth, I'm not really fully sure, but what I've seen is that he's looked very underwhelming on tape. There's not a lot of juice, there's not a lot of burst, and there's not very great vision as, as far as like what I think his biggest flaws are. Obviously, the power and the toughness is still there. That's sort of what he's made his money on as, a, as an NFL player. Um, but I don't know. There's just like I haven't seen anything that really separates him from pretty much any running back in the league besides his toughness, and NFL teams are looking for more than that out of an every down back. So with – his efficiency as bad as it's been he has had he's had zero games over four yards per carry this year and the snap percentage generally trending down he missed practice today for what it's worth it looks like he might not play this week um the volume was there earlier in the year he had a couple 20 carry games but i just like you said i just don't think he's the workhorse that a lot of people cut him out to be this offseason and yeah. i definitely mm -hmm. see that ship sinking more than yeah. it more than anything else yeah i mean i think the offensive line is definitely an issue there but yeah, absolutely. The thing, the thing about day three running backs is like, it doesn't have to, it's not always fair, but it just, this is how it goes. Like everything has to break right for you to really get that shot. And if you do get that shot and it doesn't work out and you lose it, like you're just not getting it again. Um, 
I think Damian Pierce is a fine player. He's probably going to be in the league for years, but he's going to be in the league for years. Like the way Gus Edwards has been in the league for years. Like, I don't think he's ever really going to get that chance to be a lead back unless he's on a team where, you know, the starter gets injured or something and he finds himself getting volume. So I'm going to say in general, like he's probably going to stay buried. Um, and he's going to become one of those depth guys on your roster. One of those guys that's like a, a handcuff or a guy that you stash for injury upside, a guy you can have in best ball and hope he scores a touchdown or something. But yeah. I don't think he's likely to uh, find himself in another spot to really dominate touches and dominate snaps. Yeah. I'm fully with you on that for sure. I wouldn't move anything of, of tangible value to acquire Damian Pierce. I don't think this is a buy low situation. I think that this is a, a flame out happening before our eyes. If I had to gun to my yeah. head. Yeah. So. Bummer. Stay uh, buried. Bummer. Stay buried. Um, Sorry, this next one hurts me personally uh, a lot more because this was my most or second most uh, drafted player on underdog this season. Rashad Bateman is just absolutely plunging a knife into my heart each and every week with his mediocrity. Um <laughs> I just, I don't know. I can't figure this man out. Like he was such a good college prospect. He flashed the, the fancy efficiency stats last year. Um, we thought, you know, Todd Monken's going to unleash this guy. And I don't know. I'm kind of over it at this point, but I don't, I don't really know what to think about him. Maybe there's still something lingering from his injury last year. Maybe he's just not that good. Maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't like him. I don't know. I, I, I can't read the tea leaves on this one. Ben, what what's the deal with Rashad Bateman? I also am very stung by Rashad Bateman's placement on this list. Not stunned, stung. I hope my sickness is not like inhibiting my my words too much there. But I actually think that I'm probably more optimistic about him right now than you are. It sounds like you have fully accepted and are just mourning the loss of this sweet prince of ours. But I I was also really high on him as a college prospect, and I'm not ready to. I'm not quite ready to give up on him just yet. His snap percentage has gone up every week over the past four weeks, which is cool. Um, he seems to be overtaking Aguilar, who looked to have taken his job towards the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully there's something going on there. And it's never been like the route running for him or the explosiveness, um, but those did seem to take a hit early on in the year. He wasn't creating a lot of separation, but over the last like two, three weeks, um, he seems to be improving in that regard a lot. His speed is, looks like it's returning to a degree. I do think that the injury had been nagging him early in the year. I know that he had a setback in preseason that had made him like questionable for week one, um, right. but he looks to be at full speed again. He had a couple nice plays in that master class against Detroit um, early in the game. And then, you know, game script kind of took the passing offense out of it to a degree. Um, also, Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers are insane and hog all the targets over there. But I think that with Odell sort of underwhelming, the door is kind of open. If he's able to prove himself and get more consistent as a, as a catcher, I think that with his explosiveness and speed kind of returning and his ability to separate kind of returning, I do still think that there is a world where he's able to emerge as their wide receiver two going forward, which is their third target in the offense, but yeah. still like a, 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 a role of substance to a degree. I, I love a lot of what you're saying. Um, 
it's hard to it's it's really hard to start the bull case for a wide receiver with the phrase he's starting to overtake Nelson Aguilar. Um, but you, but you, but you did it well. I mean, you did it well. I was like, I was pretty convinced by the end. And when I heard that phrase, like, I didn't think there was any hope, but I, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of selling me a little bit. I, I had almost forgotten that he had that little setback, uh, yeah. in the preseason where he wasn't actually a hundred percent. So that, that yeah. does, there's a little ray of hope there that like, he's getting back up to full speed. Um, yeah. this is another one of those situations where, I think we need to recalibrate our expectations. Like there's almost no shot. He's ever going to be what we thought that he could be yeah, coming into the league. Sure. But the, the idea that he could be like Gabe Davis level relevant is like definitely exactly. still possible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, keep a candle lit. Maybe you'll see his, you know, one arm reach out of the grave um, and catch a touchdown and then <laughs> pull the rest of him back up. But um, yeah, I mean, I would buy low on him. Like, for the right price, you know? Yeah. It's gotta be like I, super low, but I don't think anybody's going to trade him to you for a third because like, what's the point, mm-hmm. but, uh, a couple third round picks or like, I could know, see someone to... being open to just like getting to reset on like a shot on like a Gabe Davis kind of guy with, with a third round pick. I could see that getting accepted. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Um, yeah. it doesn't ever, it never hurts to try to send out those types of offers, but, um, yeah. he's pretty in the trenches right now as far as value goes. So, yeah, I wouldn't feel the need to like send out a second round pick for him or like even a late second round pick. There's just no point. Yeah, but he's the kind of guy where when I have pieces on my team that I don't believe in and I'm trying to ship them off, you know, sell high on like a a running back, you know, like try to sell Zach Moss or something you know, like, I don't know, give me Rashad Bateman back. Like you can you can get stuff like that done if you're creative and you stack enough of those decent bets on your bench. Some of them are going to hit just yeah, you know, maybe it's him, maybe it's someone else. Um, I I threw a couple quarterbacks on here late, just mm-hmm. due to the news that they had both been uh, sent to the bench. So Desmond Ritter and Jimmy Garoppolo are both now buried six feet under, um, replaced by Taylor Heineke and Aiden O'Connell. So my boy, AOC twenty twenty four. Let's go, <laughs> ride. It's much more binary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know if that's uh I don't know how long that's gonna last, but you shouldn't have mentioned Aiden O'Connell. I get so excited whenever I hear Aiden O'Connell's name. I understand that you are absolutely desperate for any any semblance of hope for the Raiders. But I mean the good news is for you, it's like if he's bad, you just lose a bunch of games, which is like what you should probably want anyway. And if he's good, then cool. That's like found money. So it's like now you're kind of in a win win situation now. But, um, but yeah, anyway, Ritter and Grop, uh, Grappolo, it's more binary at the quarterback position. It's really more a matter of like, will they ever start again on purpose in the NFL yeah. or not? So let's start with Ritter. What do you, what do you think? Like, is this it? Like, is this curtains for him? Uh, he's only in his second season, but didn't really have much pedigree to begin with. Do you think yeah. we see Ritter really as a team's intentional starter again in the NFL? I'm kind of going to group these two together in my little analysis here as sort of a dichotomy of each other. I think that there's a very off chance that Ritter gets like a Josh Dobbs chance to start again on like a team that's like, we just lost our starting quarterback, but we have a good team. Fuck it. Let's take Desmond Ritter on and see if he can, you know, give us something. So in that sense, intentional starter, but kind of like in the vein of what a backup quarterback is. So I don't know if you could call that like coming back from the dead. Jimmy, I think, is just going to be a career backup after this. Like, I don't think there's I think that like 
given his age, given what he's done every time he's been in any kind of adverse situation that isn't like literally the greatest roster in the league. Um, it's just like, there's just, there's never, there's never been, I've never watched a game and been like, wow, Jimmy Garoppolo just went out there and he won that his team that game. And I'm not, saying that you have, I'm not saying that you have to do that to be like a, a starter in the NFL, but like, yeah. if you aren't able to do that, no one's going to be excited about you. Like no one's going to be out there like offering you a contract. No one's going to be out there unless they're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. No one's going to be out there offering you a contract. No one's going to be out there trading like a big sum of money or a big sum of value to get you. It's just like, it's just ugly. It's just really ugly. And that's not something that Jimmy's known for, but it's what he is now. Um, Do you think he would have been out of the league like five years ago if he wasn't so handsome? I think there's a solid chance. <laughs> I think that I think that quarterback face might be might be a thing. Like I think that I don't know if anyone gets that Colin Coward reference, but I think that like there might there might be something to that, you know? It's possible. It no is troll. absolutely possible. Absolutely not. Um we know if Desmond Ritter makes it in the league, he'll he'll have earned yeah. that. Um but, oh yeah. Ritter, as as far as Ritter goes, I think that there's a chance that he got benched because he's concussed, which is like okay, maybe they're going to roll with him after this week. But I think that he looked so bad in those seven weeks that we did see him that if he gets another shot, I just wouldn't want anything to do with it anyways. So. Yeah, I mean, it would be a short leash. For what it's worth, he was cleared He's from the concussion protocol. Um, okay. He was cleared to go back into that game, and he didn't. Arthur Smith is just like, he likes to be coy because he's like just kind of an a-hole and doesn't... <laughs> Uh, really is, man. deserve nice things. Um, but I don't he, even think he's a bad coach. I just think he's a bad person. I guess. At um, this point. I think he's both. Um, yeah. he, I mean, he draws up some interesting plays, but like yeah. just his use of personnel alone is like yeah, enough for him to be a bad coach. Sure. He's literally running a two minute drill. And yeah. I saw like, I, I had to pause my TV because I was looking at the huddle and none of Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson or Drake <laughs> London were on the field. It was literally like Michael Pruitt, Johnny Smith, Mac Hollins, Kaderil Hodge and Cordero Patterson. Didn't that, it wasn't that the double pass that Johnny threw to Pruitt. And I, I, I mean, it really might've been I think I probably multiple, probably multiple yeah. snaps. It's probably that like ridiculous. the whole package that they have. Yeah. That's, that's got to be like the worst personnel package in the NFL. I, and you have three top 10 picks literally. sitting on the bench. Like <laughs> it's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, but that's been beaten to death. I, I yeah. don't think Desmond Ritter will ever be an intentional week one starter for an NFL team again. Um, I think it's very possible that he hangs around the league and does play some games. But yeah, yeah. like you're talking about Josh Dobbs, Gardner Minshew type of value at this point. So, yeah. you know if you can still get out of him for a second or something like I would do that for yeah. sure. Um, maybe he'll get a chance to start again and you, that, that cell window opens, but it doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, last couple names here. We have another appearance from Greg Dulcich. I needed a little bit of hope on this list. Um, so I went ahead and threw him on there. I am firmly, firmly in the, in the camp that he is coming back from the dead. Um, he is, has been hurt all season. He's been, on a bad offense, which doesn't even matter because he played like what one and a half quarters of football this year, but he's, he's locked in a bad offense right now. And he's dealing with hamstring injuries. He's still a young guy, like second year tight end, whatever. There's plenty of time out ahead for him. Um, I still believe in what we saw from him as a rookie. There's nothing about him having a hamstring injury that makes him like a worse Less prospect or worse yeah. breakout bet than he was. Like I'm, I'm totally ready to get hurt again next year um, and draft him. 
I, I think he'll be back. I think eventually he's he's going to break out and show us something. I'm rocking with you on that. I think that he's easily the most talented tight end they have. And I guess that's another like, oh, he beat out Nelson Aguilar kind of thing. Right. But he beat out he's, – he's very clearly better than Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman didn't do anything when – when Dulcich went down. So I don't know. You can't expect the Broncos to just like never use a tight end. Like they have a guy. He was good when he was a rookie and he got hurt. That's yeah. it. He's there's, there's, there's no reason for us to, to panic too hard yet. It's like it, like, like we said earlier, it sucks having an asset that's losing in value and it sucks having an asset that's not giving you points, but at least the one that's not giving you points might not be losing you value. So honestly, with, with all these tight ends breaking out and stuff, like now might be the best time to yeah. just put out a little cheap offer for Greg Dulcich because he's yeah. like such a forgotten man at this point um, yeah. in the landscape. And honestly, if I was tanking, like maybe I'm a madman, but if I was tanking and like I don't need to start a tight end, I would just trade Trey McBride for Greg Dulcich in a second. And yeah. uh, and I would be I totally Greg cool with that. on my one Caleb team. I have him sitting in my tight end slot right now because Boom. I don't want to score points. There you go. That's the best place to have him. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're tanking, you have no excuse, like go, go trade for Craig Dulcich right now. Literally. Um, it's not going to cost you anything at this point. Last two, two members of the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks and Shiga Conquo. Lots of uh breakout buzz for these two bozos mm. this off season. And uh, man, <laughs> man, has that bozos. not gone so well? <laughs> uh, Will yeah. Levis throws four touchdown passes in his first game as a pro. Traylon Burks zero receptions. Um, yikes! So yeah. what's the what's the deal? You know, you're the tape guy. Is Traylon Burks like anything? Traylon Burks, in a very similar vein to Jamison Williams, looks very unrefined and just looks like he is not well coached. Doesn't look like he has you know, been refining the the more nuanced aspects of playing the receiver position. It looks like he kind of just expects that he's going to go out there and out-athleticism guys at the NFL level, which is just something you can't do. So what that means is that he's struggled to separate and he's struggled to catch anything. So I'm pretty low on Burks. I don't have any exposure and I'm happy about that. Um, and then as far as Chig goes, he seemed to be fine in the Levis game. I think he had a couple catches, if I'm remembering correctly. I haven't checked the box score on him, yeah. and I wasn't watching that whole game, so I can't say exactly what he did. But there's a fairly good anecdotal track record of rookie quarterbacks relying on tight ends as a safety blanket. They don't have a lot of receiving weapons outside of DeAndre Hopkins there. And I think that there's a world where Chig could establish himself as something He's not someone I'd be going out and buying, but if you own Chig shares and you have a lot of investment in him, I'd feel okay and like decently optimistic. Definitely feel better about him than I did a week ago. Yeah, he had four catches, uh, 23 yards in that game. So, I mean, he was involved in the game plan. Like they, they schemed up a couple touches for him. I don't know. I He's fine. Like he'll be around and he'll probably have some relevant games. I don't think that I, we're ever going to see him become a guy where he's like, someone you draft to be your tight end one at any point. Um, but he's, he's probably going to hang around as a guy that's, you know, usable as your fill in guy or whatever. Um, yeah. He'll be a solid yeah. depth piece. Maybe he can have like a yeah. David and Joku kind of career arc and like eventually have some form of like desperation T one relevancy, but mm. not going to be someone you really want to rely on. It's more like if you see Chig in your tight end one slot, you'll be like, 
hmm, now might be a good <laughs> time to go trade. Like he'll be like a Q almost. Right. Unfortunately, I think he's on more of an Alberto uh, kind of career arc, oh, but that would be heartbreaking. Though. Yeah. What's, what's up with Alberto? Where is Alberto right now? He's on the Eagles. Um, oh. He's a he's on the Eagles as an every week game day inactive. Yeah, we oh. uh, we traded like nothing. I don't know some conditional pick or something. Dude, the fact that you knew the um, answer to that. I guess you're an Eagles fan. So I am an Eagles fan. I was pretty. I was actually like, that's a cool move. Like I, he's got some like athleticism and he's like yeah. play. Like you could use him in like the Goddard role and like yeah. he could definitely do for some sure. stuff. But um, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is with him. Like just stash him for now. But he's not active on game days. But I, I have him on a bunch of dynasty teams. So okay, um, nice. he just sits on my on my bench. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll play someday. But Chickaconquo kind of had that similar kind of like low vol, like low routes, high efficiency sort of rookie season. And then yeah. people were like, oh, he's going to get all the routes and he'll just keep being as efficient. And that didn't happen. Um, not how this game works, yeah, unfortunately. Not not quite. And he's also like undersized. And yeah. so it's it's tricky with him. I, I don't think he's just kind of a he's kind of a roster clogger right now. Um because you're not going to really want to play him. Like, I just dropped Jawan Johnson in a league, finally. Um, I could see him being that kind of a player. Like, I just, someone yeah. that you kind of hold on the potential, and then eventually you just sadly drop him to pick up Jaron Hall off of waivers. <laughs> um, it could be that kind of a situation. But I, I think he's, I think he's, like, vaguely live to become, like, a high-end tight end, too, maybe at some point. Yeah. That's very yeah. non-committal for me, but it's, but it's, yeah possible i'll leave a i'll leave a candle it's lit within the range of outcomes we'll leave a candle lit yeah if you have them just keep them i guess but yeah that's that's chica conquo what more can you say what more can you say he's worth a roster spot in dynasty he's so. worth a roster spot in dynasty i would not <laughs> drop him yet yeah actionable analysis there we go there we go uh all right cool well we made it to the end of our uh dead or alive segment we made it through the scariest assets to own we talked about some breakouts i mean we we got through it all here we we made it to the end of our uh definitely on halloween podcast that we're recording here um i hope you all got lots of candy uh unless your name is arthur smith and then i hate you and i <laughs> hope you didn't get anything except like a toothbrush uh when you were trick-or-treating so that's us uh, that's the factory tour ben thanks a lot for coming on you got any final thoughts for us go by puka nakua Go by Jameer Gibbs if you can and enjoy your the rest of your fall. I'll see you guys probably sometime after Thanksgiving. And thanks for having me on again, Paul. Absolutely. It, you'll be on again soon for sure. Hopefully healthy, 100%, you know, ready oh, to go, sure. ramping back up. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you could sub to the YouTube channel or follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can rate or like or comment or whatever it is that the platform you're listening allows you to do to support the show. It's very much appreciated. Um, you can follow Ben on Twitter at bwinknfl. Very underfollowed on Twitter. He 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 really needs you guys to uh, to get out there and follow him. His his tweets are entertaining. Um, you've heard him on the show. Like he knows his stuff in terms of film. Um, super sharp. And you can follow me on Twitter at paul underscore dff. I tweet funny things sometimes and less frequently I tweet things that are useful, but there I am on the, uh, formerly the bird app. So thanks again, guys. Uh, we will see you next week on the factory tour.